0: Environment. How about a middle finger from Pablo Tellez? Why the heck did he do that? Well, stick around and I will show you exactly why he did that to a fan in the crowd. Plus, we'll go over the results of the Newport Beach shootout and some other drama that happened this weekend. This is the Sorry Not Sorry Pickleball Podcast. This is the new and improved Forgiveness. I just want to apologize so, to you again, and tell you I'm so how I'm sorry I am about sorry. the mistake. And You're if there's sorry. anything oh, at all I can do for you, I'm please sorry. don't hesitate to ask. Sorry. Come along, Harry. It's time for your lobotomy. Oh, fuck. Forgiveness. I'm not sorry I took the money. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Pickleball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Kelly. This weekend was so freaking awesome for pickleball. I gotta tell you, there was just a ton of drama, a ton of great matches, and a ton of pickleball. We had the U.S. Open, but honestly, who cares? Let's talk about the PPA. But before we get into it, guys, if you wouldn't mind smashing that like button, subscribing if you're not subscribed already, Go ahead and throw some comments down on what you think about this episode. Uh, And then now, let's go ahead and get into it. So this weekend was a little bit different. We actually had a PPA Championship Saturday, but it was just one gold medal match. No singles this weekend. No Anna Lee. No Catherine Parento. But Saturday morning, as you can see on the screen here, JW Johnson and his sister Georgia Johnson took home gold. So they ended up taking down Tyson McGuffin and Lacey Schneeman. Lacey Schneeman's getting real good. I mean, she's obviously a smart person. She works for like some satellite company and she's like a rocket engineer, literally. Uh, So no surprise that she would be really good at pickleball. I feel like if you're smart, that's got to have some correlation. If you're dumb, I would imagine you're probably not that good at pickleball. Regardless, the winners of this were the Johnson siblings Georgia Johnson won her first gold medal. Now, the reason I'm showing this on the PPA Tour's Instagram is because this one was not streamed on YouTube, which I got to say was really frustrating. As someone who does not have cable TV, I don't want to have to buy cable TV to watch CBS just so I could watch one match. I mean, good for pickleball. It's making it on national television. That's pretty cool. I don't really know what this is doing for the sport. I mean, okay, you get some people who happen to just be watching tv and oh hey look honey there's pickleball on tv look at this and then what it's not like it's going to be on cbs all the time so now they have to go to youtube anyways and they're not going to know that based off watching this so you're really just alienating the fans who want to watch the game all for just the big spotlight for one match maybe i'm wrong on this maybe it's good for the sport it'll bring more eyeballs But I think you at least got to also stream it on YouTube. Give all the advertisement money away to CBS just so that way you don't piss off the fans who actually want to freaking watch this game. To be honest, I have no idea how the match went. I have no idea how close it was. But the Johnson siblings won, so good for them. Now, if you're wondering why the Johnson siblings and Tyson McGuffin and Lacey Schneeman were in the finals and not Ben Johns uh obviously as i mentioned before anna lee waters was not there so ben johns was playing with andrea coop uh interesting matchup it's hard to figure out if coop is good i'm gonna be honest like the fact that ben johns wants to play with her is like giving her a ton of credibility but and when i watch her she's good like i've got no complaints but i just feel like he kind of only picked her because nobody else was really available to play with him Tyson mcguffin schneeman they ended up beating them as a 12 seed uh, Coop and Ben Johns went on to win the bronze medal match. So at least he walked away with a medal. But they were not good enough to take gold. Ben Johns had bad luck the next day too. Very early in the day, him and Colin Johns lost to the number 16 seed. Philip Locklear and Ben Newell were able to take them down. First game, 12-10. Next game, 11-4. What the Fuck! How did that happen? That's crazy. Kind of disappointing because uh, Newell and Locklear. I got even. I can't even remember their name. I, I mean, I know who Ben Newell is, but Locklear. I honestly had no idea who that was. They ended up losing later in the day to the 24 seed, which was uh, Tardio and Whitehead, who ended up making the semifinals. Uh, but man, I mean, the fact that you take down Ben Johns and Colin Johns that early it was in the second round really just set the tone for the day and it just seemed like everybody was like, yes, we have a chance now. So like I said, Whitehead and Tardio were the ones that were able to take down Newell and was it Lockhead? Right. What was it? Lockheed Martin. What was his name? I don't know. The other guy, the 16th seed. They got defeated by Whitehead and Tardio, the 24th seed, but uh in the semifinal match, I mean JW Johnson and Dylan Frazier just absolutely crushed them. They are so dominant. When they play together, it's unbelievable. Honestly, the other part of this, too, is that Tardio's good friends with them. So they play him all the time. They really just know his weaknesses and where to target him. So really, just no match. JW Johnson and Dylan Frazier end up beating Matt Wright and Riley Newman in men's doubles on Championship Sunday. Even though they took it in three games, all three matches were really, really close. This was a great match to watch, but... Dylan Frazier and J.W. Johnson are looking like the number two men's team. Okay, so speaking of men's doubles, we have to, have to, have to talk about this match between McGuffin, uh, Big Papa Jimmy, Pablo Teyes and Stackstrud. This was absolutely the match of the weekend. If you're going to go back and watch any single match, watch this one for sure. The whole game started with lots of chirping from the audience. It seemed like everybody was just hammered. People loved Tyson McGuffin, so they were all really rooting for him. And, man, they were just really affecting the outcome of the game. You know, when you have a place like Newport Beach, you got drinking going on. The fans are there. It's a pretty pretty big crowd, people really close to the to the action. You're going to get people who really like to chime in, you know? So there was a few times where there was some close calls on the line and you'd hear the crowd go out and the players would end up thinking that that was an official call. They'd kind of stop, hesitate. Man, and the ref was yelling at the crowd to just, please, guys, stop it. (laughs) It was honestly hilarious to watch him get so angry at the crowd for commenting in the middle of the match. So it started right here. You'll see even Pablo is talking to the ref. Listen to what he says. Pablo Tejas having a short chat there with... Don Stanley. can tell Roger how much Monioli, this match means to Stacks root. The these players decide it. Here we go. In. And let that foreshadow how the rest of the match went. Then we had this moment as well. Ernie executed perfectly. is asking for some approval. Okay, starting to get heated up. Okay, here's where it really got intense. Now I want you to watch this point. We'll see a body bag, but watch what happens afterwards. Here, back to business. Oh. 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 It might have been on the face. Let's listen to what the ref says. Pablo's like, can you say Let that? The and go right into Tejas's face. Oh, we've seen some hard tags here yeah. today, for sure. I mean, you can't say body bag, but I wish the audience would not impact this rally, please. Yeah. Ooh, it's like when your grandpa starts yelling at you, you're like, ooh, it's kind of funny, but you feel bad. Okay, now on this point, this is where it really got crazy. So it's a pretty long dink rally, but watch what happens at the end of it. So this is the third game, keep in mind. 8-7 Tellez and Stackstrud. Awesome rally right here. But look what happens at the end. Good dinking, good dinking. Seems good. A fan called out. Almost sounded like someone yelled out. Good heavens. Good heavens. Please do not do that during the rally. You can't, I mean, oh, this one's so tough because I'm like, I get it. You know, it's like if a fan is calling out, you're going to hesitate. That could have been, that could have cost them the game right there. I mean, they lost. So like, what happens if that could have changed something? Oh, I'd be so frustrated if I was them. So long story short, the whole game was just constant crowd getting involved. They ended up kicking somebody out right here. Clearly, it didn't solve everything. Now, I don't know how to really feel about this. I guess when it all comes down to it, it's like, what does the Newport, you know, pickleball club center, whatever this place is called, what does the facility think? You know, if they want to kick somebody out, let them kick somebody out, I guess. You know, it is their private property. But I guess I kind of have a problem with the ref telling the crowd to stop talking. I mean, when you see like a big rally go back and forth, back and forth, the crowd goes crazy. They're screaming, and that's allowed. The crowd's allowed to say whatever they want in that moment. But then when it kind of gets quiet, all of a sudden now you can't talk. I mean, there's not really clear-cut rules for you as a fan. And it's like, are you being a distraction to the players? Okay, let the players make that call. If they say, hey, that guy said that thing and that's distracting, maybe give the fan a warning then. I don't know, it just seems like the ref was just really just uh, kind of inserting himself into this and trying to stop the crowd from doing something that he has no control over. It was hard to tell on the live stream what exactly was being said to the players. Turns out there was some real, real mean stuff being said to Pablo that whole match. So Memes of Pickleball put up a post and they said that they were calling Pablo Teyes the Challenger League Chica that's pretty insulting it would probably get to me too you know slightly i guess racist uh, you know because he's uh spanish speaking um he's probably more so offended at the challenger league thing you know because he probably feels like he should be in the premier league i think we all agree that pablo should be in the premier league he will next time for sure uh but man pablo just kept quiet and then finally when they won the match this is what happened And there's the middle finger, woo! Middle finger back to you, Pablo. He's like, yeah, shut the fuck up now. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. This is why I love pickleball. It's like, this is why I love sports. I love this. I think we we need more of this. Middle fingers, crowd yelling at players, players getting pissed off motivated look he still goes after him he's still talking to him i i I mean i'm glad that nobody was getting violent but like low-key if it did okay here's my thing on this people are kind of complaining saying like oh this was bad for the sport where's the class oh you guys need to have class okay please like get over yourself look if if something a little bit more severe had happened, I'm not saying I'm rooting for like people to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt. That would be, you know, just not good for really anybody. But if it did get really intense, come on, you know that that would be on ESPN. And really, what would you want to watch more in a sport? Like, let, OK, let's just put like professional ping pong out there. None of us probably watch professional ping pong. I barely even know it exists. I have no idea how it works. I would never watch that a, a day in my life. And if you throw ping pong on CBS and I happen to catch it, maybe if I'm bored as hell and it comes on, I'm not going to watch ping pong ever again. Maybe I'll sit down and watch it for like the hour or whatever that it's on just to kill some time. But that's not going to make me invest as a fan. You know what will get me to take a look at ping pong? Is if some shit like this were to happen. Like, dude, I'm telling you, if somebody did that in a ping pong match, Like, there was a crowd, you know, if there was somebody in the crowd yelling at somebody and was talking shit the whole time, and then some dude went up to them and was like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, take that shit. Dude, I would watch the shit out of ping pong. I would watch the shit out of golf if some shit happened like that. Whatever. Name any boring-ass sport. It would make me so much more invested if there's some, like, real cool drama like this. So... I'm not saying that crowds should just be talking shit to players and saying shit that's like pretty hardcore offensive, but if they do, it is going to get more eyeballs on the sport, I think at least, I think, I think it's badass, I think if ESPN were to pick up that moment and be like, yo, look at this, I think they're way more inclined to pick that up rather than just like, oh, look at the Johnson siblings, did you know that it's a brother and sister and the sister is not even an adult yet, look how young she is and she's dominating the sport. That's not getting eyeballs on the sport. Shit like this is. All I'm saying is I am a huge Pablo Tejas fan now. He's literally my favorite player. I want to see more middle fingers out there in pickleball. Pablo actually went on to, I should say Pablo and Federico Staxdrad. Yeah, the other guy, his partner. (laughs) That's what I'm just going to call Fed fan now. Pablo and Pablo's partner, Uh, they actually went on to win bronze. So good for them. They got a medal. Unfortunately, they didn't make it to the finals match. Moving on, let's now talk about the women's doubles match. Moving on, let's talk about the women's doubles match. We had Coop and Anna Bright against Callie Jo Smith and Kovalova. Surprise, surprise. They're always in the finals. They're a good team. Kovalova and Callie Jo Smith, they ended up taking the gold. Apparently, Kovalova now has the most gold medals out of any women out there. Uh, She even admitted after, she's like, well, that's just because I've been playing the longest, so yeah, that makes sense. Still, they're dominant, they're really good. I gotta be honest, I don't really like rooting for them. I kinda see them the same way as I see Matt Wright and Riley Newman. I respect that they're really good, but I really love having them there to root for somebody to beat them. Unfortunately, Anna Bright and Coop were not good enough to take it. Regardless, this was an awesome match to watch. Second best match of the weekend, so if you're gonna go back and watch two matches, This should be one of them, for sure. It went four games. All of them are really close. But Kovalova and Callie, they end up on top. So let's rewind a little bit and talk about some of the drama that unfolded this weekend, too, regarding women's doubles. You'll see here in the semifinal, we had Kovalova and Callie Smith playing Schneeman and whatever her name is. Pomegranate. I like calling her that because I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Patejamiate. I don't know. She's... Okay, I guess Uh, they had a pretty good run, but the only reason that they were in the semifinals here is because, as I'm sure you've probably heard, Ansbury, Sarah Ansbury's paddle tested positive for delamination. Now she released a statement talking about kind of what happened here. It's a little bit more complex than just "oh yeah, her paddle tested positive for delamination." Uh, So here's what happened and I'll kind of paraphrase this video. They played in their quarterfinal match. Everybody in the quarterfinals across the board all weekend had their paddle tested for delamination. This is something new. PPA's never had this on site. It used to take like two weeks to get this tested. Really, really not ideal. But now they have it there on site, but they were only doing it during the quarterfinal matches. So they had their paddle tested before the match. Everybody tested good to go tested negative i guess like their paddles were good they were approved all of a sudden after the match schneeman and pomegranate they ended up uh challenging ansbury's paddle they said hey i think this is delaminated and then it failed after the match so that means that before the match it was good and then literally over the course of this one match it ended up getting delaminated So it's kind of hard to be mad at Ansbury. It's not like she knew all weekend, like, yeah, I'm playing with this paddle I shouldn't be playing with. It literally happened in the middle of a match. She might have not even known. Clearly, there was something that they knew because they challenged it. Uh, But the thing that Ansbury is bringing up in this video, which is actually really interesting, is that apparently a bunch of players had their paddles fail this weekend, but because it was automatically tested they're kept anonymous and nobody's talking about it. They just end up playing with a new paddle. They go, oh, my paddle failed. Okay, now I'm going to use a different paddle. So what she's saying is like, yeah, look, my paddle was not okay. Like, my bad, you know, but I'm not the only one. There was players literally playing with paddles that were delaminated, which means that they were playing in their first few rounds in the round of 32 and 16. So they played two rounds with delaminated paddles before it, got tested and then they're still allowed to continue to play now i don't know how this testing works or how expensive it is or how time consuming it is so is it ideal to test all what 32 teams which is 64 paddles you know before every single match that might be a lot to deal with but i mean man if your paddle fails all of a sudden that is really disappointing and i'm with sarah ansbury look let's hear who it was that failed you know i think it's definitely worth knowing Speaking of delaminated paddles, Salome DeVitse ended up getting her results back for the paddle that she used a few weeks back when Leia Jansen called her out. Turns out it passed. Who would have thought? So she made a statement like, yep, my paddle passed. So leave me the F alone, essentially. Uh, I had to get the screenshot sent to me because Salome DeVice blocked me on Instagram. I don't know. I guess I was making fun of her a little bit. Not about the delaminated panels. It's about the sound she makes after every freaking shot. Oh, we don't need to get into it. Regardless, this is pretty interesting that this came back. And I want to show you something, because I was very curious. What does Leia Jansen have to say about this after something like this happens? Here's what she said in an Instagram comment on a very low key Instagram account. So I want to give a shout out to Maurice the Grease pickleball, hilarious account, always got great memes. He made a post about the situation in Salome's, you know, response, her her little uh, her message that she wrote. And Leia Jansen ended up commenting. She said, zero one under a made-up number that was made up to be legal is hardly a pass." I'll stick with that and continue on. So it looks like she's kind of doubling down. She's like, yeah, she barely passed. So like still basically delaminated. Leia Jansen did say on Twitter that she's going to make an official announcement on Monday, which is tomorrow. So I'm very excited to see what that happens. When this video is released, go check out her Twitter and see what she officially says. Look, regardless, I'm glad that we're starting to see results from this delamination thing. I don't know what the solution to it all is. Is it the manufacturer's fault? Is it the player's fault? Is it the PPA's fault? I don't know. I mean, I totally get the argument you that you don't want players playing with that. I, I kind of cringe when people talk about, well, it's unsafe and people could get hurt. It's like, uh, okay, I guess. Sure, you could get hurt. It could hit you in the eye. Like people get injuries from pickleball. It definitely happens. But I mean, is that really what the problem is? I don't know. It's just like an unfair advantage if people are playing with a paddle that is a rocket and other players aren't playing with that. Honestly, I say let people like... I heard actually Zayn Navratil make this point. He's like, let's make the paddles, let them do whatever they want, but let's just slow the ball down. Let's change the regulation balls to something that's a little bit slower. That way you can make the paddles whatever the fuck you want, and we don't have to go through all this bullshit testing stuff. So it must be kind of cool if you're uh, Schneeman and Patey Pomegranate, and you lost the match, and you're like, I think she had a delaminated paddle. And then all of a sudden, like, just probably less than 30 minutes later they're like yeah turns out she did you guys are moving on even though you lost (laughs) you know that probably is pretty cool I really wish that they ended up beating Callie Joseph Smith and Kovalova here but they just weren't enough to take them on I mean they're the number one seed for a reason so those are the results of the PPA this weekend like I said before in the beginning no singles which do we miss it I don't know I if Anna Lee's not there, is it really that interesting? I don't know. Sometimes the Salome versus Leia Jansen rivalry is pretty cool. But I don't know. I didn't really miss it too much. I do like it when it's on Thursday and I have something to watch while I'm at work. But I think it was kind of okay without it this weekend. I'm honestly hesitant to say that we should get rid of it. And there's one thing that's holding me back from feeling that way. And it's just because I love the Dreambreakers at MLP. Like that is the best part of MLP in my opinion. It's literally the most exciting moment of any match is when it's the dream breaker and everybody's got to play. I don't think they would take that away if they took away singles in PPA, but I feel like it's worth knowing who's good at singles and working on that craft of the game. Uh, I think there should be less pressure on players to do singles, you know, like maybe people just kind of specialize in that and, you know, some players just kind of stick to doubles. But if it goes away, I guess I'm okay with it too. So if you weren't watching the PPA, you might have been watching the US Open, which a lot of people are calling it triple A minor league pickleball. I don't know. I mean I didn't really watch too much of the US Open. I'll give you the kind of long and short. Paris Todd won a triple crown. Surprise, surprise. You know, ever since we realized she wasn't going to play in the PPA, she didn't get a gold card. It seems like she was just going to stick around and dominate the APP and, you know, other tournaments like this here. Uh, She's really good. Also, her competition is pretty much Simone Jardim and Kyle Yates. And, I mean, Kyle Yates isn't playing that consistently, so... Is he going to really be that dominant? Clearly, he did make the gold medal match here. But Paris Todd, I mean, she's just really good. So good for her. She won the triple crown. That's kind of the biggest story from the U.S. Open. You know, they had an interesting approach to the whole delaminated paddle thing. So they made a post saying that if you want to challenge somebody's paddle, go right ahead. Challenge a paddle. But if you lose the challenge, you're banned for a year which basically just means you can't play in the next U.S. Open. It essentially makes it not worth it to challenge anybody, so nobody's going to challenge anybody. I don't know if that's the best way to handle it. I think the PPA finally doing something and getting a test in there is probably the best way to handle it, but it is what it is. Uh, The U.S. Open is going to probably not be relevant for too much longer. We'll see what happens. Also, I'm pretty sure Hunter Johnson and Paris Todd are fucking. They must be fucking, right? Right. All right, well, we are coming to the end of the show here. But before we go, let's play everybody's favorite game. And by everybody, I mean just my favorite game. It's partner, body bag, winner off the net. I have three names that were texted to me before I started recording. I haven't seen them yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read them right now live. And then I will make a decision based on the three people, which one would I partner with, which one would I body bag, And which one would I hit a winner off the net? Sorry, not sorry. Okay, so the three names I have. Number one, Coop. Andrea Coop. Number two, Matt Wright. And number three, Federico Stackstrud. Okay, well, I can guarantee you that I am going to body bag the fuck out of Matt Wright. I don't know why. He just, ah, he irritates me. Oh, and that shirt he was wearing this weekend? Ugh, I mean, look at this thing. What is that? Is it Easter still? It's been weeks since Easter. Looks like a springtime Excel spreadsheet. The weirdest outfit choices. So I'd body bag this shit out of him. Guaranteed. All right, and then I guess that means who am I going to partner with? Coop or Stackstrud? Well, who do I want to hit a winner off the net? I don't know. I do Andrea Coop always looks like miserable. She just looks like she's like always dehydrated and tired. Uh, so I feel like it would affect her not so much. She doesn't seem like the type of player to be like, "Oh, that's frustrating and I'm more motivated to beat you now." Staxer seems like he's got a bit of an edge, like he's got a bit of a little bit of an anger problem. I don't know about a problem, but it seems like he's the type where like something like that would get him all riled up and more motivated. Um, he's a pretty good player too. Uh, you know, I think I'd want to, I think I'm going to go partner with Stackstrud to hit a winner off the net, Coop. So there you have it. I want to partner with Fed. I'm going to hit a winner off the net with Andrea Coop. And oh man, am I going to enjoy body bagging Matt Wright in this hypothetical situation in my head. Well, there you have it. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you haven't already hit that like button, uh, make sure you're subscribed if you're not why wouldn't you be subscribed and yeah i guess we will see you back next week for some more forgiveness is more than saying sorry i'm sorry <laughs> forgiveness